0: Hello, hello. You are listening to Bike Race Weekly. We are live here in Grafton at the Tour to Grafton, stage three of the Tour of America's Dairyland. Yep, you heard Ryan right. We are here live. So we'd like to start off the podcast by, uh, first of all, apologizing for any of the background music. Like we mentioned, we're live here. So you're probably going to hear some bikes buzzing by, some freewheels coasting into the corners, all part of the podcast. So excuse us for that. It is a party here. We have a few thousand people so there is going to be a little bit of background noise but we're doing our best to limit that but we're going to try to have a great podcast either way. And to set the stage for you um, so yeah like Ryan said we're at stage three of the Tour of America's Dairyland in Grafton Wisconsin and this is the first Saturday of Tour of America's Dairyland and it's a party man it's a hoot. Every corner in Grafton around the course is pretty much a block party got you know people uh, Enjoying a couple cold beverages, watching some races, live music, lots of fun. Yep. Let's explain the course, right off the bat. Yeah. Let's start with that. All right. So this what? Is, this is a six corner crit. Yeah. Yep. One two. We're just counting the two, corners three, right now. Verifying. That's five, true. Six, seven corner crit. Seven corner crit. We got a slight uphill on the backside. Then we go into a right turn into an S curve, and then you're gonna go another hundred. 200, 300 feet, take a right, and it's gonna be into a downhill corner that's a little bit more than 90 degree corner, and then it's a long 400 meter straightaway to the finish. Oh, yeah, so it is a absolutely fast, fast finish. It's fast, it's technical, it's yeah. about everything you want in a crit race. It's really one of our favorite courses, honestly, because it can be raced so many different ways. We've seen breakaways win here, we've seen uh, big field sprints, we've seen solo, solo breaks win here too. So, yep, I mean, and in this race too, they have two different areas to do preams. They have the finish line, where you're going to get most of your preams, but then they yep. have a backside hill climb, where it's it's a slight uphill, It's not. I wouldn't really call it a climb, but it's a slight uphill where uh, the main sponsor is also holding a preem finish line. And who's the main sponsor of this race, by this the This is Belgian work, so we're going to throw works. them a shout out. Thanks yeah. for putting up these preems. Thank you for uh, yeah, giving some cash to these racers. It makes the races a lot more interesting, and it's also uh, made for a really good race across the board. Yeah, yeah. we are sitting on the backside where that preem finish line is. Yep. it's. We are right on the corner where the S-curve starts. So we're hoping for a lot of action here. Throughout the day, that's where everyone's been putting in big attacks. So it's going to be a fun spot to to watch. Yeah, and we're currently awaiting for the men's Pro 1-2 race to start off today. Yep. So we've been here for most of the day. We've caught pretty much all of the races. Uh, I myself raced a little earlier
1: in the Yeah, why don't we talk about that
0: first? Yeah, let's start off with that. So that was a fun race. Um, This is my first day doing Toad. I'm only doing the Saturday-Sunday, Saturday-Sunday stages. And it was a pretty fast race today, I'd say, like we mentioned. Pretty technical, so it kind of keeps the top speed down a little bit, but still makes it pretty hard. Um, Overall, it ended in a a field sprint. Nobody got away. And I believe Mike Lucas of Team Velikaze took the stage win. And this is actually his third stage win, so he's been three for three. And the guy's got a mean kick so i mean it's it's really hard to come around him i myself he's he's very fit he's been doing uh well in the pro one two three races this year so he's doing just the cat three race because he's trying to get some upgrade points to get to cat two for next year yep because then he can race in the pro race so he showed up and he was fast uh myself i had a mediocre race i kind of got a little bit buried on the last lap i think i rolled in for 20th place so not the result that i really wanted but A lot of fun. And like I said in the last podcast, I didn't race today because I have a race tomorrow. But I watched Rick's race, and what I took away from it is you started off in really good positioning at the front, and kind of throughout the race, you kind of slowly made your way a little bit back, and then you kind of finished in the field sprint. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's a good assessment. I probably could have done a good job of maybe starting farther back and then slowly working my way up. But lessons were learned, and uh, it's definitely something to take away from and apply to tomorrow's race, which is going to be a Walkshaw. Yep, and Walkshaw is going to be a four-corner crit this year, I believe. Yeah. Except they're doing it backwards. So if you've done the Walkshaw crit before, you know what we're talking about. Where uh, you go up that steep hill and then into that downhill. Well, now you're going to go up that long, gradual downhill. Take a left into a steep, down, quick downhill. Take another left, left into the straight, the straightaway. Just going to be another longer sprint, but. It's a it's a change of pace from years past. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit faster, a little bit less technical. Still a great course, but Ryan, we're sitting here waiting for the men's pro race to start. That's going to go off in about five minutes. Do we want to talk a little bit about the field today? Maybe some of the people that we see here. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty known right now that. There's not any huge names. I mean, the biggest name here is Colin Strickland, who we've talked about before on the podcast in the Red Hook Crits. Red Hook superstar. He won the championship last year in Red Hook, and he is here at Toad. Uh, I'm not really sure what he's doing here because... A lot of the other top pros right now are in Tennessee where the national championship is being held. Yeah. And we're expecting a lot of those guys to then come to Toad after the national championship. So next weekend we'll have a lot bigger names, especially during Downer. Which is a, a huge race. Yeah, it's uh, an American that's classic. Always, yeah. That's always just stacked. But uh, the first few days is um, a lot of smaller teams. There's a Japanese nat- national team. Yeah, here. Japanese national team. They've been doing quite well. I yeah. think they took a win on no. one of these days. Uh, they or, won the first day. They won the first day. Yeah. Okay. And then a Colombian national team who won yesterday. Yeah. So the the national teams are doing really well right now. Something pretty interesting about Toad is we actually get a lot of international racers coming. So a lot of international squads, the prize money is fantastic here. I mean, we have all of the racing is pretty much in the Milwaukee area, so no huge transfer days for the teams. They don't really need like, you know, uh, vans or any kind of like, you know, large scale transportation. So yeah, we've seen quite a few teams come up, show up, and do really, really well. Um, On top of that, we also have some really good national caliber squads, I think uh, Hencappy Junior Squad. Yep. Yep, and uh, local boy Henry Lutz from, I don't know where he's, I think he's from like Menominee or something. Something like Milwaukee that. Area. Milwaukee area. Yeah. He's actually on that team, so he's in the P1T race tonight, and uh, that's the junior boys, the Hencappy yeah. Junior Squad. Yeah, so. that was another thing I was going to touch on is a huge change this year is they no longer have a 2-3 race, a Category 2-3 race. Yes. It's only Category 2s can only race in the pro race this year. Unlike in years past, where they can race in an amateur race, and if they want to, they can race in the pro race, this year, they can only race in the pro race. So you can definitely tell, there's almost like a gap, a small gap in the field where you can just distinguish the difference between the guys who are really there to race, and the guys, the Cat 2s are almost there to just hang on. Yeah, and you know, in a perfect world, we'd have a a Cat 4-5 race, a Cat 3 race, a Cat two three and the pre the pro one two race but you know just based on attendance and numbers they just can't quite slice it up like that they, so they've yeah. got to make some uh some one category is gonna hurt yeah That's, exactly there's And almost no way around it the, in years past it's been category three yeah that was kind of a thing people always talked about and this year they made a change just to see how would it go so category two is the one who's gotta race up Personally, being a Category 3 racer, I, I like it a lot. I've done those Category 2, 3 races, and they're just a whole level faster. So it's nice to be able to be a little bit more competitive in those races because I think there's a, a bigger difference. Well, and you could argue this isn't true, but I think there's a, a bigger difference between a Category 3 and a Category 2 than a Category 2 to a Category 1. But yeah, I'm sure you could argue the other way. Yeah, you know, I think a Category 2, if you're racing Category 2, I think you have... Uh, the like you're you're probably working you, enough to try to go to category one. You know well, you, you've won some world. cat three races. Yeah, you won some uh, cat three races. You know how to win a harder bike race.
1: That's, yeah, it, it's my it,
0: opinion. Because most people, because most people, if they're going to category two, you're probably trying to get a category one eventually. Yeah. So it's so in a lot of category threes, that's where they're stopping. So to put them in with like group them in with guys who are trying to get to a pro level. That's almost not fair. When you know a lot of category twos might not even be, uh, might or category threes might not be taking it very seriously. They're just training around a forty-hour week schedule. Where category twos, they might not have a job. They might be uh, younger in college or something, or supported, so they have a lot more time to train, and they're looking to get to those higher categories. So. It's, it's two very different type of people that are racing together. So I think putting the Cat 2s in with the Cat 1s is a little bit more natural. I'd agree with that, yeah. You know, everybody's different. We have some local Cat 1s that are, like, full-time employed individuals that do really well, these, like, national-level races. And at the same time, yeah, I mean, uh, it just all depends on the individual. But, you know, we're sitting here waiting for the men's race to go off uh, right now while that's kind of uh you know in staging do we want to talk a little bit about the women's race yeah women's race was uh good uh, you can't talk about the women's race without talking about katie compton absolutely katie compton was super active during this race you could pretty much find her on the front off the front or the entire race yeah the entire race and then not only her but uh oh, man i'm gonna butcher her name um nell nell miller what was her name um no, the, uh, the winner. Mueller. 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 Mueller? What was her uh, first was that name? Her name? Was it Hannah? No. Okay. I forgot her first name. Mueller. Mueller. I think her last name was Mueller. Yeah. You know, it was Mueller. We'll, con- we'll confirm this. She did really well, too. She, she she took a preem. Yep. She went off the front for a bit and then took the win. Yeah. We were actually sitting on the backside of the course, so we didn't see the actual finish, but we had uh, looked at the results mm-hmm. and kind of heard word of mouth how the end of the, like the very yeah. last half of oh, the. Last here comes off. the. First lap of pro men's. All right, so we've got the pro men coming through right now, and uh, if you listen closely, you also might hear the moto kind of coming through. So with Toad, one of the cooler things about these races, there's a there's a follow moto. Oh, first oh, lap, someone's car. going off the front there right now. All right, coming through right now. The first lap, we've already got the attacks flying. Yep, yeah, you know. When they throw out attacks like that in the first lap, you know that it's just a team working together, and they said, let's let's start off the race fast, let's get someone in the breakaway. This is definitely a course where uh, a breakaway could possibly lap the field. Let's start it off strong and get someone off the front right away. Yeah, you know, especially in these you know higher category fields, anything that's done in these races is generally done for a reason. So, yeah, yeah. you've got guys attacking from the gun. They want to make the field reel them in, use some energy, and bring it back together. Or, you know, sometimes that early breakaway does work. Yep, and, you know, a lot of times, too, it's they're sending off one guy, so the other four or five can just sit into the field for the first few laps and just, you know, see how, how is this race going to be laid out because yeah. this is a, a course that is quite technical. A lot of these guys might be racing here for the first time, so they want to get a feel for how this race is going to play out. So, you know, we did an episode a couple uh a couple episodes ago, we did about amateur tactics, right? How amateurs use tactics in bike race. I guess it would be a pretty good time to talk about how pros and how elite cyclists use category or tactics in uh, in races. Yeah, uh, so very similar to what we were talking about with. Always having someone in the breakaway just to keep the the pace fast or try to get a breakaway to stick. Yeah. Uh, pro's have teams typically of four or five people, and they are going to try to get someone off the front to either just keep the pace high in the group, um, Dude, relax relax within the the peloton while one of their so they well oh here they come here we go coming through again small separation off the front they got about six eight guys six eight guys. You know, big difference in a crit too, the gap will usually only go out a couple seconds. You yeah. know, if you're in a crit and you're, uh, your gap is 10 seconds, that's a solid breakaway. You know, in a road race, that's nothing. But in a crit, 10 seconds is a pretty good gap. Yeah, so the guys in the breakaway right now, they are out there putting in work. The rest of their team is gonna sit in the pack and just either block to lower the pace so yeah. their guy can get away, or they're just gonna rest while other teams work to bring them back in. As soon as they get brought back in, they're gonna send out another person and just keep keep other teams working to keep the pace high, yeah. while their team gets to sit in and rest while they have one guy up the road putting in the work. Yeah, a big difference is you, you just see a, like a higher level of comfort in the field. You know, when a breakaway goes off the front, it's uh, generally let go. So not everybody chases it down right away. It can get a little bit of a gap, and the teams will take the time to kind of think about, you know, who's in that breakaway? Is that a good breakaway? Is that a breakaway that we want to see? Or sometimes they want to reshuffle the deck and they'll put somebody on the front to bring it back. Yep. So and typically in these bigger level races, you've got racers that have distinct roles, right? So everybody might be racing. If, if a team comes here and they're racing for the win, they're going to maybe have a designated sprinter. You know, That's your man that rests. He sits in. He stays uh, pretty inactive during the race. You're gonna have, uh, you know, some other teammates to try to weld the field together, you know, that wanna be in the breakaway and force other teams to do some more work.
1: All right, All right, here they come again!
0: Another few riders trying to get off in front. Another you know they got a real, real gap going. I don't think we're really gonna get through much of this race without seeing at least one rider off the front Oh, we almost just saw a crash too Yeah, they're getting pretty close together A few guys just went into each other while going around this corner uh, At the front of the group that around this corner a lot of guys are trying to move up, so it gets really bunched up around this corner, and you see a few guys bumping elbows. And you can hear how long this field gets stretched out. I think we have at least a hundred riders here this uh, this evening. That would that would be about right. Between about a hundred, seventy-five, and a hundred. At some of these bigger races, yeah, so around at Downer, they're going to get a max field of around one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty. So you know when the field gets really stretched out like this, from front to back, it can take almost 20, 25 seconds. For the entire field to move through that means that if you're on the back of this field you're going to have to do some serious work to get from, from the back to the front yeah and some of these better riders uh in years past where sean bahati has been notorious for being able to move up the group flawlessly without putting in any effort uh one of my first years of toad the announcer actually called him out when he was sitting on the very back and said 100 premium bahati i'm looking at you and in one lap moved up a hundred guys and took the preem. That's extremely impressive. There's very few guys who can actually do that, especially on yeah. a crit course where, I mean, the lap is a minute long and in one minute he moved up a hundred guys. And it is actually quite amazing to watch some of these uh, well-known crit stars, the way they can move through the field almost effortlessly going from front to back, front to back. It's It's quite a sight actually. All right, here they come again. Everything's back together on this lap. One guy is still lingering off the front. And you know, Ryan, I'm not seeing a ton of actual teams. You know, I'm seeing I'm seeing a couple teams mixed in here, but I'm actually seeing quite a few more uh, individual riders. So yeah, I think a big reason with that is you know, a lot of these the top pros are at nationals right now, yep, so you yep. get a lot of smaller teams. Um, they they can only be a few riders, which is why you don't really think of them as a team, and a lot of local riders as well. Yeah, for example, I'm seeing Texas Roadhouse in this race. They've only got two guys. Normally, at some their of the bigger, guys are going to be at nationals. Oh yeah, normally at some of the bigger races, and that's a good point. They'll have you know a squad of six to you know sometimes seven or eight guys. Uh, but yeah, their squads at nationals. I'm going to make an adjustment really quick. We're just having some technical adjustments going on right now. The generator across the street was just turned on. Yeah. So I'm going to lower down the gain so we don't pick that up so much. And a a great characteristic of an American crit is being a twilight crit, which means that these crits start... So the start of this race was at 7.30, and the race will end at about 9 o'clock. So essentially the last one to four four laps, I would say, are almost in darkness. So... Across the street from us right now, they actually put up some uh, some floodlights, and that's going to help light this corner that we're sitting at right over here. And that's that sound that you're hearing, that loud noise. Yeah, so... Right. Here they come. Here they come. Again for another lap, coming around. And, uh, you know, typically in these races, the first couple laps, very hard. You know, that's when people are really getting shelled, people are really hurting. It kind of lets up a little bit sometimes, yeah, but, but uh, you, you can the, still tell that, you know... All right, got, here, here comes an attack. Two riders off the front looks like Harley-Davidson might be reacting. Yep, and uh, it looks like the team that's been really active, really off the front, is uh, G.P.M. Schluz. And I I don't know if I pronounced that right, Schultz, G.P.M. Schultz. Um, It's actually an Australian team. So they come over here uh, for Toad. They come over here for the Intelligentsia Cup. And This is kind of their uh, their winter racing campaign. You know, in Australia, it's uh, it's cyclocross season right now. Yeah, it? right now it's it's winter. In they're Australia. not they're not doing any racing. it's just a little. Bit oh sure. So you can see, uh, yeah, I mean, from the looks of it, they're pretty active off the front. You can tell that these guys in that team they're looking for the breakaway. I think yep. that's I think that's pretty safe to say. Yep. I think it kind of looks like a lot of teams are pretty sure that a breakaway is going to get going here. Yep, and we're sitting actually at a really great spot on the course. We are at, uh, let's see, one, two, we're at corner three. Corner three is a slight chicane, so this is actually, uh, and it's also after a slight uphill. Mm -hmm. So this is probably the best part of the course to attack on, which is why pretty much every lap through, we've seen some kind of attack going off the front on this side once you hit the chicane you know you kind of are where you are there's not a lot of room to move up and then on the backside, it's a downhill and you uh pretty much a uh 400 meter finishing stretch. so if you're gonna attack oh we gotta we gotta break a three coming up the road uh, looks like the gap is established uh, same guys from last lap so we or have one it? we got harley one davidson rider, one rider from harley um, davidson one rider from gpm Chelos, and who's this other team here um Let's see, uh, more Factory Racing is represented in the breakaway. A couple more riders going off. Oh, the pace is getting picked up high yep. right now. Yeah, the chase is definitely underway. You know, it's kind of it's kind of that point in the race where uh, where everybody's just fresh enough to really chase everything down. You know, at the same time, everybody's also fresh enough where they want to get in the break. They want to attack. Yeah, and in this this early into the race, when they see six guys up the road, there's going to be a few teams who say, "No, we don't want that. That's that's going to go all the way if yeah. we get let that go." That's really when you see the the red flags go up. But you know, that's that's keeping the pace high though. So either it's a win-win situation for a few of these teams who are just trying to get uh, to send some people off up the road and make other teams work and you know what sometimes the most effective breakaways in these pro races are the breakaways where uh, everybody in it is a bit of an unknown unknown quantity yeah. so you know if you see Colin Strickland in one of these breaks you can, you can bet bread that the field is going to be quick to chase him down and not let him get a gap On the other hand, like the break that we just saw go up the road, I can't really think of any big names in that breakaway. It kind of looks pretty good. It looks like uh, the field might be letting that go as long as they've got, you know, everybody's got a rider represented, I guess. That's a big thing. I think if we see this group of six up the road three or four laps in a row, I think we can... Pretty much guarantee they're gonna go for a, a solid amount of this race. So here they come around. Here they come around again. Oh, they still have a bit of yep. a gap, but the group so, is catching up to them. The breakaway is is still uh, still off the front, but we can see some teams just smashing it on. The, they're on the they're front. being caught right now. Yep. Okay. Everything's back together. Everything is single file, strung out. And actually, um, you know, sometimes in these races what we'll see is uh, because it it can be so strung out and because the course can be so technical, you'll see riders yell, we got a gap, which essentially means, you know, maybe that's five riders back. The fifth rider looks back and he sees that, you know, these riders are off the front. When he yells, we got a gap, you know people in front of him they should be punching it right they want to they want to establish that easy breakaway they're already off the front they've already got it yet. that's when you got to realize if you want this breakaway to stick that's when all those guys all together are thinking all right we need to do what we can okay well, i'm going to pull off now the next guy's going to get get on front it's going to hammer it through, uh, just for a corner or two pull off the five of them are just going to keep doing that where they're going to go as hard as they can recover as little as much as they can until they get a big enough gap where they can be out of uh, out of sight of the group and then they can file into a steady pace that they know they can hold for the rest of the race. You know, Ryan, you've watched quite a few of these races, obviously, you've been at Toad for a couple of years now. Uh, based on how the race is kind of playing out within the first 20 minutes, uh, what do you think? Is it gonna be a breakaway today? My bet would be on a breakaway uh, based off of not many big names. Like you said before, I do not think they would allow Colin Strickland off the front. So, any breakaway he's in, won't we'll, we'll, we'll get away. That'll be brought back in instantly. Right now, we got a Hollowesco. Looks like we have a young junior rider. Young, young going Henry off the front. Lutz, local local superstar, off the front of the race right now. A Couple laps in, he's got a bit of a gap. He's solo. So. You've got to imagine that he's waiting for somebody to come up to him. He's looking back a little bit. Yeah, and with something like that, I think the rest of the, the group looked at that and said, that's not something we need to worry about. Kind of like what you were saying before, an unknown. Yeah. And so they're going to let him dangle off the front, knowing that at any moment they could probably bring it back. Other teams are going to look at that and then start sending riders to make it up to him. 'Cause then at least they can establish a breakaway like that. Yeah. Not really caring if Henry can even hang on. And you know, I'd say in Wisconsin, everybody knows who Henry Henry is. You know, yeah, he shows up to a lot of the local races. So within this area, he's definitely a known quantity. But on the national level, I wouldn't say so. You know, he's, no. he's part of the, the Holowesco junior Citadel team. And uh George Hingcappy sponsored team. Yep, it's it's been around for quite a few years now. Yep, George Hincappy was a teammate of Lance Armstrong in the heyday, he Back went on, team. yep, yeah. and he went on to start a major junior squad, which is what Henry Lutz was able to get on this year. Also a clothing company, Hincapie, Hincapie Pearl. Yeah. I gotta also. imagine that, that's who their clothing sponsor is. Yeah. And actually, Hincapie is a uh, pro continental team as well, so yeah. junior squad is here today, but they also have a uh, pro continental contingent that races in Europe, they do all of the biggest races through California, yeah. through Utah, so... Yeah, it's kind of cool to see uh, some homegrown talent making its way up there. Awesome to see. We'll see. Uh, they're coming around again. Is Henry still off the front? Nope. Looks like he got caught. Looks like he is caught. I'm guessing, though, it's it was on that straightaway because the straightaway is fast. $100 premium. $100 premium. We got a Harley Davidson guy the- trying to go off the front. Henry was just brought in, and the group is super strung out right yep, now. yep. Yep. Yeah, you can see the pain on some of these riders' faces coming through. They're definitely working, and especially on this cream lap, the pace is not going to be letting down. All right. So what were we what were we just talking about before? I got distracted here. Yeah, we yeah we got a little distracted. We got some friends around here too, um, which we might bring on. Yeah, we soon. might bring on. It's I mean, on we're here. coming up. We're coming up on the. Uh, Half hour mark here So we might pause it We we might pause We might come back We'll we'll introduce one person That might be on uh, Might be on the second part Of this podcast Let's switch up the all right, all right. They they can hear you, Tommy. All right, what's up, guys? This all right, is so, let's. Yeah. But I was gonna say
2: let's start off with who you are, who where you are you're are. from, what are you doing in Wisconsin. How do you know
0: us? Most importantly.
2: All right. Well, my name is Tommy Zilkowski from Wisconsin. Oh, I told them their oh, last, last name. $100. Oh, my oh, last we name. Usually on, last oh, names, we usually don't say last names, but you know what? Everybody
0: lets it slip. I'm right. the only hit,
2: one that has hit it. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook. I'm all <laughs> over the place. Uh, stayed pretty relevant up there. Not really. Uh, so I'm from Wisconsin. Went to school with these two at UW Whitewater. These guys kind of got me into cycling, really. I think you guys uh, got me
0: into cycling.
2: Oh, really? I got. Ryan got into both cycling. of us. No, in you got cycle, me right? into cycling. Oh man, this is this nobody is nobody knows. We, we, I think we got, you got you got your Jimani
0: uh, before anyone, and then that made me. Oh, here comes Supreme. Here comes uh, Supreme. Rider off the front. Oh, my uh, from GPM oh, Schultz. Bucks,
1: Big gap. Bucks. Big gap.
0: Oh. Now he's got a gap. He's gonna keep going with that. He yep. got a hundred dollars, and now he's in the break. One of the Hollowesco Citadel Another guys. Another Hollowesco rider respond. following. We got one guy responding as well, so we yep. got three guys up the road. One with a big gap. That could so, that could stick for a little bit. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think a group that small could stick for a long time. But I think I think they might be able to stick here. I think they're gonna let him dangle for a little bit. Yeah. You, you know, we saw a rider come by with uh, with a goo in his uh in his uh jersey, not jersey, in his uh, bib short. So I think that's kind of interesting how like. During these longer crits, so these pro crits are an hour and a half, you'll actually see a lot of the riders taking goos during the race, because it's a pretty hard effort and you need to keep your muscles topped off during the race. Tommy when we raced a lot like in 2016 I remember we would do 40 minute crits and you'd still be taking
2: juice oh man I'm a sugar addict <laughs> I, I, I feel good after eating a goo 20 minutes in I, I crave sugar yeah. and so I've been trying to get away from that And I've just been putting scratch laps in my bottle now to get that sugar and I can drink it and so it, it comes natural I don't have to worry about pulling off a tab I don't have to worry about putting the garbage back I mean, in my we pocket time, uh, right? so that's what I'm all about I'm, I'm about getting that sugar into my liquid these days but yeah you're right I, mean, I was wasting time i was wasting effort yeah especially
0: during a crit like very hard to like pull a goo out rip it off you know squeeze it in and then do something you know i'm sure these guys probably just throw it on the side of the road but yeah yeah not smooth. easy to do
2: so cat 3 you guys are racing 50 minutes do you guys eat anything during no. the race I, right. I, I
0: usually don't i'll take a goo on the line that's about it yeah and uh at our friend adam bogstad former podcast guest he gave he was kind enough to give me some uh oh here gear. they come they do they kept the gap All right, we've still got the gap. They're they're just about to be brought in. They got a little bit of a gap. A little bit of a gap. In. Tommy, any predictions for this race?
2: Uh, Predictions. Uh, I would love to see one of the young riders uh, pull out front on a breakaway. Uh, Henry, I remember drafting off of that guy my first year racing. Smallest guy in the group, real skinny. Not really a draft Uh, guy. Not really. really. I was wondering why I always got stuck behind him. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I remember him uh, back in twenty fifteen when I started racing. Uh, Saw that guy grow up, and he's super fast, and he's got that lightweight so it's fun to see him raise, raise up the ranks. Oh, for sure, for sure. So would you bet on a sprint or a breakaway in this race? Um, it's a, it's more of a technical course yeah. with some extra corners. You know, it's a, what is it, six corner, seven. Um, so I'd love to see a breakaway, but you know, the way the race has been going today, uh, I don't think a breakaway is gonna stick here, with the hill and the headwind. All right, so
0: back to uh, our question before, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? Yeah, you know, we kind of got an incomplete picture uh, of
1: yeah. the talking. Yeah, so again,
2: uh, went to UW-Whitewater, got into cycling there, and I remember the first time I hopped on a road bike. My dad had an early 90s uh, road bike, and I hopped on it, pumped the tires up to, you know, 100 PSI, and it was so different from what I was used to in my mountain bike and I felt like I was flying down the roads. And I was probably going 15, 16, but I was going down those country roads, just cruising. And what I love about cycling is you can see so much in a quick amount of time. You're going just slow enough to really take in the scenery. It's like the perfect speed. Yeah, it's a great speed to explore new areas. And so I just love that atmosphere. And I didn't even know there was really racing behind it I could race. Um, so once I saw the UW cycling team, uh, that's when I really thought, you know, this could be a sport for me, not just a leisurely activity. Um, so yeah, uh, no I, was going to school at UB whitewater and graduated and uh, moved out to Colorado. And that's yeah. what I'm doing right now is uh, living and working out there and doing a lot of uh, climbing up mountains. Why don't, we, why don't we do a quick plug here. What are you working at in uh, out in Boulder? So I've got an app that I'm creating for college students. It's called Let's Go. Uh, we're going to be releasing in September, actually, uh, to see you Boulder. Uh, so that's coming up. We've got three developers uh, working on the app, and essentially, kind of came to me through cycling, because I, you know, couldn't find fun people to go and cycle with, and I wanted that outlet to ask around to find other fellow cyclists. All so, right. On that. Let's go.
0: We will Let's put go. a little thing in the uh, description for you. Yeah, check it out. Uh, there won't be a link or anything because it's not up yet. Still in beta, so we're testing right now. But we'll uh, come back to that in the future. We'll let awesome us know bad. when it's launched. We'll plug you. Awesome. I appreciate it. And we'll go let's let's go use the app or yeah. let's ride let's and let's go, go. And all right man, so Tommy, us race you raced today how did <laughs> you your go? race go yeah, explain it to go? us
2: yeah so uh you know i've been racing this is our third race uh and this was the first day that we didn't have a wet course and that was exciting because I, I love technical courses and i love in the corners um you know i love pedaling through I mean, four or five race you know things get skittish people don't like pedaling through and so things slow down so if I can get on the front I can really go through the corners and so that's why I like this course but I just kind of get kept getting shoved to the back and I was out of my saddle a lot I think this morning with the setup crew getting hit with that sun and uh, you know sweating in the morning before the race because as you guys know uh, part of the setup crew so we help set up the race we put up all the barricades and uh, racing after that is exhausting.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of interesting, you know. Uh,
2: Tommy's on the crew setting up the courses that yes. was left out so, there.
0: And not only that, Tommy likes this job enough that he comes back from Colorado every year. 14, 14 hour no drive, sweet. doesn't stop, he's uh, in a bottle. For 11 days, he's in, yeah. in a bottle, for 11 days of uh, crit racing with no sleep. It's it's the way to do it, this is oh, the best week of my here comes a big life. attack. Big oh, attack. Here they go. All right, we're watching some accelerations go, go off the front. Let's see. We've got a rider from Mark Pro following that attack. All right, coming through. Now we're really seeing some splits in the group. We're seeing some gaps opening up. One thing I'm going to mention too is uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Colin Strickland is staying like right about in the middle of the group. Yeah, 50% of the, the way back. back. A little bit. My guess is that he's going to he's trying to just con. con- uh, Serve energy most of this race. Uh, he's probably. I think we'll see him go for a few creams and probably go for the sprint at the end. This is well, you know, this is a, He's more of a breakaway rider. This is a really good course for him in terms of how technical it is. I think he's gonna kind of wait, maybe 30 minutes to go, really try to get off the front and motor himself away. But anyways, that's our predictions. Back to you, Tommy. So uh, you're you're coming back to Wisconsin to work this fantastic event with us. Well, we're not working. We're just racing,
2: but you're working. Yep. Sweet man. Yeah, it's it's been a good time. They they put us up in Carroll College, and so we stay in a dorm with other fellow workers, and and we you know set up, wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, sometimes six, sometimes a lot earlier than that. Drive out to the venue, shut the roads down, and, and set up all the white fencing around all the corners, set up angle fence, put up signs. Uh, so we kind of help put the show on. Um, and, you know, it takes three hours in the morning, two hours at night, and. We get a couple hours of sleep, and we do it all again. And like you were saying before, this this is the best week of my life, so I take vacation for this. And, and so you're, you're around a sweet atmosphere, and you get to be around racers all week long. So
0: yeah, I mean, when people show up here, you know, like these barriers, all the setup, you know, that's that's you know pretty much set in motion early in the morning. You know, you guys get here early, you stay late. It's a crew that puts all this together and it's, uh, you guys do an awesome
2: job, yes. obviously. And we don't do that much work, uh, it's the guys, the partners, the people that are working on this. 12 months out of the year to really put this on, you kind of show up to races and you think, you know, they just set this up, they might've put a couple hours of work in, but no, there's, you know, three or four partners that are working 12 months to get those partnerships, the sponsors, the, you know, set everything up with the cities and the towns. So, you know, you you kind of miss out on that unless you're involved. So, you know, always thank your race organizers. Oh yeah,
0: Yeah. you know, and if anybody ever wonders why why it's worth, uh, you know, going to these bigger races where it's more expensive to race, and maybe it's a little farther away. You just get an awesome experience. You get a. It looks like there's a crash on oh, the other yeah, side of the, a, the, the course. So we've got us. some some people migrating over there. Um, let's see. We uh, we might might have a race neutralized.
2: So it looks like uh, we've got the pace car is stopped on the course, and that's never a good sign. No, that's generally... Can you see over there? Can't see over the hill no. over there.
0: Okay, generally if the pace car stopped, that means they're probably moving to neutralize the race. I was just going to say, around this corner, it bunched up real tight, and there's a yeah. few guys hitting their brakes and kind of swerving into each other. And you know, that's the thing too, when attacks do go around this corner, uh, everybody's trying to respond. So they're trying to get a good wheel, stay in the draft, which means that, uh, unfortunately, they're moving around quite a bit going through the corner.
2: Well, I imagine with this hill coming up to this corner that we're sitting on, everybody spreads out and they, they try to attack on the hill, so things oh, kind of do bunch the, up. the
0: pace car, Let's see Okay, so it looks oh, like a guy off the, the race is not
2: neutralized. Guy
0: off the front. Again, it's this GPM Schultz team. Looking strong, staying off the front. But uh you know what? It doesn't look like he's it putting actually, a huge effort into kind staying of, off the It kinda of looks like everybody's sitting up a little bit. He's taking a drink from his bottle. I think he knows that he's in a bit of a doom breakaway from that uh
2: I wonder if there's a preem lap on that last lap that kinda threw some guys off the front. That makes yeah, sense. There might
0: have been. There might have been. But uh, so, Yeah,
2: because a lot a few guys just got dropped. Yep. Yep, and
0: that's uh, that. That can happen too with crashes. It really breaks the field up, you know. If uh, if you're sitting on the back the entire time, that's uh, that's where you're exposed to it, really.
2: So, Rick, you uh, just raced Cat Three today. How'd that go for you? What did you think about the well, race? We talked. We, we talked, about, we talked
0: about, about my race a little bit earlier today. All right. Yeah, yeah, but it, it went good. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, looking forward to work er, racing tomorrow. Waukesha's tomorrow. I guess we haven't really talked about Waukesha yet. Yeah, we talked about it already. Walk sure Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Well, we're 36 minutes in. Yeah. This might be a good time. Good time to, to cut it off. To cut it off. We'll be back in the last 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, we're going to be back. The end. Yep, we're going to be back for the last 20, 30 minutes. We're also going to try to get some, uh, you know, on the cool down lap, maybe get some racers over here. Have them, uh, have them talk to us a little bit, chat it up, and uh, see if they have anything to say after the race. All right. All right. All right, we are back. We are back. We just fixed the audio real quick yes, when we had came some issues. back. Yes, But uh, you probably didn't realize that because it's picking up right where we stopped. Yeah, now we're good. So we are still here. We got about 15 minutes left in the race. 15 minutes, stage three of the uh, Rapid, Wisconsin Tour of America's Dairyland. And Ryan, what's kind of happening? We need you to be like right a little closer. Okay. Yeah. Still working through some audio glitches, but uh, what's happening in the race right now? So right now we have a few laps left. The attacks are aggressive right Oh yeah. my gosh, that dude just walked across the street and almost got hit. Oh my god. Everybody use the crosswalks when you're at a, a big crit. Just, uh, so a, got, just a PSA. So we got three guys off the up the road right now. and Small gap. The group is going a little bit slow right now. I think they might be letting them just dangle ahead until the end of the race. So we've seen a crit that's pretty much full of attacks. We have yet to have one distinct team really going to the front to try to control the pace. But we have seen quite a few, a flurry of attacks, you could say, throughout the entire race. Nothing's really stuck. I think the biggest... You don't need to be that close. I think the biggest... Coming in loud. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll soften, uh, okay. soften my voice. There you go. All right. Anyways, uh, I think the uh, biggest gap that we've seen is about maybe five seconds off the front. So very aggressive, but everything's pretty much stayed back together. <laughs> yeah, we thought that a uh, break would get up the road, but... I mean, the the attacks have been going every lap, but nothing, nothing sticking. Nothing. We just don't really have quite the correct mix of riders to really have like that magical breakaway where the field kind of lets it go and we see everybody motoring away. You know, after watching that the uh, the S cur- the chicane, the S curve, I think the issue here is that it's a fast S curve. So it's not as technical as other races. So the group itself, the guys at the front who are chasing them, can take those corners super fast, keep their momentum through the downhill, and then uh, the guys at the front, it don't—they're they, going the same pace as the guys as the guys at the front because the chicane is kind of a downhill. Where, like at uh, other races, where it's a like a short flat chicane, maybe an uphill, I think that would be a little bit better. Because it's a, it's more technical. The group is going to go slower than the guys at the front. But right now, the guys at off the front, there's three with okay. one guy bridging. So as we're coming back to you, uh, we see a pretty serious break getting off the front. We've probably got uh, 140, on our- about seven seconds separating it from the pack. We've got some, uh, looks like a little bit of commotion from the from the pack. They're kind of. Uh, they're bumping elbows. Uh, they're, they're bumping elbows. They're trying to call out each other. Who's going to chase that down? Uh, we've got three riders off the front with one bridging up and then uh, gap to the pack. So yeah, that's looking like the best move of the day so far. And we've got about you know 15, maybe 10 minutes left in this race. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, we're not by the finish line, so we can't see it. Uh, we might pause with five minutes, go and run over there, just... Just to look and then uh, get back to, yep. But we're not sure yet. We're not sure yet. We, you know, we're kind of staying over here. We'd also like to uh, potentially grab uh, somebody that's in the race and uh, ask him a couple questions about the race, see how it went. Yeah, we'll hang out here until the finish, and we'll just grab a pro, ask him about uh, how the race finished. Yeah, we're gonna see how that goes. I mean, uh, no promises, but you know, fingers crossed. But yeah, Ryan, it's been a good race so far, Um, shaping up to be a bunch sprint. But yeah, that dangerous move is off the front. It looks like we're seeing everybody come through pretty shortly. Uh, you think that move's going to stay away, or you think I it's going to I don't think come back? so. No. Nope. That group is starting to get really fast. The guys at the front are going to be having to put in a huge effort, especially on that straightaway. Yeah. It's like an 800-meter straightaway, and it's fast. Those guys are going all out on that straightaway, and I don't think the the uh, um, the guys that off the front – can keep a high enough pace to just keep the group away. Except now they got—they almost got that guy who bridged, and they got a big gap. Now. Okay, now we've got some gaps in the field. We've got the three three uh, breakaway riders coming through. We've got one rider attempting to bridge. He's getting pretty close. He's gonna make it to the breakaway. Two more guys trying to. Bridge. Two more guys bridging off the front. We've got a Bora Factory Racing rider and looks like a Specialized. Uh, uh, not sure who that is, but yep. Uh, and everybody coming through now. Uh, you know there's really not a chase, I'm not really seeing an organized chase. Uh, I think we see ABC Cycling going to the front and it looks like they have four guys, three guys up there. They might be putting something together, but that breakaway has some horsepower now and yeah. it's going to take some work to get it back. This could very well stick, I, I th- they got a chance, I mean there's still a solid 10 or 15 minutes left of racing so it's it, it's anyone's guess, but yeah. if anything is going to stick it's going to be that. Yep. And, you know, the late race breakaway is always the dangerous breakaway. Everybody's got some uh, some you know corners in their legs, some laps in their legs. They're going to be worn down. So if it's going to roll off, I think right now is going to be the time to do it. Yeah, but like we were talking before, I mean, if they were sitting in the entire race and having their teammates go up the road, these guys are basically fresh. So when they attack near the end of the race they're ready to go. They're fresh. Everybody else at the front is tired. They don't want to chase down another breakaway. They're looking at other teams to chase it down. So, uh, I mean, anything could happen. Anything could really happen. happen. It's, it's close enough where they could catch them, but far enough where if they really dig, they could keep it. And you know, looking at the riders that are in that breakaway, I'm, I'm seeing some fresh faces. I'm seeing some riders that pretty much hid the entire race and, uh, they, they just don't look as fatigued as a lot of the guys in the back right here. Uh, here they come again. Here we go. All right. Update on the breakaway. Uh, all right. We have uh, now four riders in the breakaway. Yeah. The one, uh, one rider is bridge to the breakaway. The one rider is starting to get dropped. One rider is getting dropped off the back. He's got a dig, so he's going down the chicane. He might be able to make it back to the breakaway, but he's looking like he's uh, in some good pain. I think he gets dropped on the next uh, the the front side of the court. Colin Strickland at the front. Colin Strickland at the front. So you know he's gonna he's not really in the business of bringing that move back. He wants to make it to that move. No, he's just gonna stay at the front. He's gonna see if is that brake gonna stick or is it gonna be pulled back in? It looks my, like- my guess is that it's gonna get pulled back in. That guy who's dangling off the back of the brake, he's getting tired. And so I'm guessing the other guys are getting, starting to get real tired too. Yeah. And there's just enough racing left where I don't think they have enough in them to to keep it. So my guess is that it gets brought back in. Colin Strickland wants to stay at the front, maybe counterattack once that move gets brought back yeah, in. Yeah, I think Colin's best move right here is either the counter. I don't think he should do the work to bring that move in because he's not necessarily a great sprinter. And that's going to put some uh, some fatigue in his legs. I think he's going to wait for the opportune moment, moment to... Uh, counter and make it to the breakaway i think he's trying trying to bridge it yeah you think so yep he's got a he's got a motor so if he can make it to that breakaway you know maybe he sits in maybe he uh drives the pace a little bit starts to shed some of those riders and ideally that's the kind of guy you know he wants to go the, the line alone he's won uh i believe two red hook criteriums uh actually more than that Mostly in solo breakaways. Speaking so speaking of red hook criterion. Yes. Uh the next one's coming up, I believe, either this weekend or next weekend. And that one's in uh Milan. 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 Is it Milan? Yeah. So Colin Strickland. It, I always thought Milan was at the most. end of the year. Um or his, maybe usually London one. is the second. Oh one. here they come. Here they come. They, well, well, they, they got a, a bigger gap, but they did drop off that w- other guy. Three riders. None So of they them got those. three riders. They look good. One guy is trying to catch, but it looks like the group is starting to gain we, momentum here. We've got another bridging effort, one of the ABC Cycling members, and it uh, looks like another rider, not sure who that is. These guys are starting to become confident that that move's gonna stick, so other teams are trying to send guys up the road. You're seeing, yeah, you're seeing some steam being let out of the group. Nobody really wants to bring it back. It looks like we've just got riders that wanna be in that move. Yeah. So the more and more laps that go by i'm thinking that's going to be the move of the race yeah and uh fitness wise we'll talk about that real quick colin strickland probably one if not the fittest guy probably top five fittest guys in this group we're looking at an ftp of functional threshold power around 425 to 450 i'd say that's probably pretty correct he's got a motor on him for yeah sure. so for uh, comparison my ftp is 290 and rick's is probably around there probably around there so his his fitness is so much higher and you know the average ftp in that group is probably going to be closer to 350 so that just goes to show how much faster he is compared to a lot of those guys and that that could be if they're riding by themselves say colin strickland rides at 22 miles per hour on a normal ride and the other guys are riding at 20 or 21 miles per hour on a normal ride by themselves so just cruising and you know he's fast. The difference he's, too, is a level above most of these guys. With Colin, he's a he's a diesel. Like you, you know, if you've watched any of the other Red Hook races, anybody can kind of see that. He likes to go the line alone. If he can get off the front, that's his bread and butter. He can kind of hold the, as, exactly how hard he wants to go for exactly how long he wants to go. All right, the break has just come by. It looks like we have those same three riders in the break. The they gap is going up. Gap. The gap is going up. We're at about. 10 seconds to the next rider. We have a rider from Meteor Intelligentsia trying to bridge the break. Everybody, we, had, we do have a team on the front, Los Angeles Spice Club. They're going to the front. They're, it looks like they are starting to put a concerted effort to chase that breakdown. but I'm thinking it might be a little too late. Mm-hmm. You can tell how tired these guys are because their, their technical skills, you can tell, are starting to, you know, you, they're, they're... You see some shakiness in the field. Yeah, For they're getting sure. shaky. They're getting tired. The pace is getting hard. For sure. Um, yeah, with with those riders, um, Ryan, do you think it's enough time to pull the brake back? I think. I mean, it's a toss up. I don't know how many laps are left, but they have a big breakaway. I think it could stick. I think it's going to stick. But I think a lot of those teams are trying to get guys into that breakaway, which might just cause them to get caught. Now, if you're in the breakaway, if you're these three riders, what, what do you think is, I mean, what's going through your head? You've got to be thinking, you know, you've got to be looking back around some of these corners. You got to be thinking, I got a gap. But at the same time, not a huge gap, and at the same time you've still got two other breakaway companions with you. So even though this looks like it might be the winning move and you've got bridging riders making it, you gotta start thinking, you know, how do I win the race? How I do think, I beat the other two guys in yeah, the break? I think they're gonna start talking. I think there's gonna might be one guy who says, I'm not gonna win, but I wanna take I wanna take a podium. So he's gonna probably he, say, got- I'll pull half the lap, you guys pull the other two quarters and we'll take this in. I just want to be on the podium. That's a good point. You know, we've got three guys here. We, You know what? We might have somebody in this breakaway that... Thinks, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna do better than third in this race. I'm just gonna bury myself to make sure this break works. I don't yeah. want to play the games. Oh, we I got wanna, another group trying to. Another bridge. We actually have quite a big group, about six riders coming to the line. I we've think got, that group could, that c- group could make it up to them. Now we've got another two riders bridging up. It is getting absolutely shattered at this point in the race. It, we can't have more than eight laps to go. I gotta no. say, we're probably less than that. We got about five or six minutes left in the race. So five or six minutes. Five or six laps. We'll have the lap card coming up by us yep. pretty soon yep. too. So we should be able to uh, better tell how close the race is to ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a little chilly out here tonight too. Uh, yeah, it you know, was about 80, 85 degrees today. Right now it's probably around 65. About 65. And uh, yeah, I'm fully acclimated to the Wisconsin summers. I'm uh, I'm used to those like 80 degree nights. So kind of uh, kind of shaking a little bit. Should should have brought a jacket, but neither here nor there. <laughs> Not that important. All you, all you warm podcast listeners, should know that uh, we're out here in the cold for you guys. You know, bringing bringing what the people want, bringing what they want, so what they want. <laughs> also, here at the race, we have a common We have a new commentator this year. We actually have Frankie Andro as a commentator, which is pretty Andrei, cool. Andre, okay. Andre, Andre, Andre. Okay. Yep. Uh, If you don't know who he is, he was on U.S. Postal with Lance Armstrong, one of his main teammates. Yep. He had an illustrious professional career. Now he works pretty closely with the USA Crits. He does some commentating. He's a a general general manager for... uh, I I forgot what team... Oh, here's the lab card. We have...
2: Two to go. Two Two laps to go, and the guys have
0: still have a good gap. I think they take it. We this this is the move. This is the move coming by right now. We have three riders coming through. That's that's the podium right there. We've got oh man, attacks are going on. One rider bridging. He is absolutely in pain. Again, the field is pretty shattered. Wow. You You can can see some moves moves of desperation are happening, too. We see a lot of riders dive-bombing the corner now, trying to make up spots in the last couple minutes of the race. When they come through this next lap, it's going to be one lap to go. Ryan, how many riders do you think are still in this field? I think we started with about 100. I think they dropped at least 20. At least 20, maybe 30. I'm thinking actually 30 riders dropped. Yeah, so that's... What, what we were talking about before with the, the Cat 2s, a lot of those Cat 2s, they, they can't hang. Nope, that's... But it's understandable. I mean, maybe they, can't, they were a good Cat 3 and they thought, I'd, I'll cat up to Cat 2, and then they show up to something like this, which is just on, on another level. And I think the biggest difference is with these races, when you see people really getting shed, it's kind of around the hour mark. So these races yeah. are an hour and a half long. That's a long crit. That's a, normal, a long time to just throttle yourself in and out of corners. Sprint, 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 sprint. Yeah, and a normal uh, pro one, two, three race is around an hour, maybe an hour fifteen. So, on your local scene. Yeah, you know, and you're used to maybe the last fifteen minutes being full throttle, but once you come to a race like this, it's, it's the last thirty minutes are full throttle. So it's it's a big shock to the body. Yeah, and unless you're racing these like. National level criteriums on a regular basis. It is like you said a shock to the body. You're just not used to it All right, we got one one to to go go, and the break is still going the break is still here last lap This is the move. This is where we're gonna start seeing some games half a lap to go Again, we've got a really long sprint finish. So I think and then All right, we're looking at a group of four that are chasing. I think that second chase group makes it Colin Strickland at the front now Trying to reel everything in, and you know this is the kind of this is the kind of finish where you come down from that last corner. It's downhill, it's fast into a 400-meter sprint. Yep, you've no. got to pretty much be pinned going out of the corner, and you know you gotta hope that you're bringing your sprinting legs that day. Yeah, the, the the entire pack is just strung out. Yep, still guys just being popped off the back. We're seeing another at least five riders off the back. Good and you, for them though, for making it through this race, and you know, a lot of these guys too that are coming off the back, these are guys that were working it for their teammates. So they might have had a field sprinter in that pack. They were absolutely burying themselves to try to get uh, get the field back together. You know, yeah. So they weren't just uh, they weren't just getting shelled off the back. They. Uh, they did their job, you know? Yeah. So put, put an effort. Yeah, it looks like we were correct in that a breakaway would stick. It, it was the night for it, and barely. It barely. barely stuck the last 10 minutes. A group of three got off the front. A very unlikely scenario. But that's a fun race to watch when they just dangled just 100 feet in front of the pack. They can see them the entire time, but they just can't bring them back in. Yep, that's right. That's right. And just became chaotic at the end there with everyone trying to be in that main group. All right, it looks like we've got the pace car coming through. We've got uh, we've got the, uh, the cool-down lap happening. So uh, everybody's kind of uh, rolling on through. We're going to maybe see if we can get somebody to come over and talk to us, but we'll see. We're just going to make some uh, minor uh, minor adjustments. You can always edit this out, I guess, too. Like, yeah, we're kind of the gap the
2: I can pause it here too All right,
0: we're recording. All right, so we're back after the race. Uh, we're here with uh, local superstar Henry Lutz on the uh, Hollowesco Citadel Junior Squad. Henry, you just got of the race. You look
1: pretty tired. How'd it go? Um, overall, it was pretty fast, you know, and on junior gears it was pretty tough, you know, just trying to focus on keeping my cadence as high as I could so I could keep up out of the corners. Uh, Our whole team raced pretty aggressive in the first 30 minutes and then we kind of dialed it down a little bit because we're not really used to 90 minute crits, so we dialed it back and then we kind of came back to the front with about 10 to go and then it started to get really hectic up there, you know, guys just doing anything to get you get a wheel ahead of you so tried our best Uh, the front straight the last couple laps we were pushing over 35 the whole time so it was really tough to keep up but uh, all of our guys finished pretty finished safely and finished in the pack so pretty good day yeah you guys raced strong we saw you off the front quite a bit actually getting into some moves so that was pretty rad Um, you guys racing tomorrow too Uh, We're gonna be taking tomorrow off and then Monday we start the junior series, which is our big focus for this event so we kind of used East Troy and Grafton as little tune-up races so we could come into the junior series with uh, You know a little speed in our legs and getting ready to race those so your junior gears uh, when you're racing on the pro race
0: are you in your hardest gear the entire time, just to keep up? How yeah. does it feel to spin at 150 <laughs> cadence for the entire yeah. race?
1: So with the junior gears, we're, uh, you know, we're switching between our 14, which is our hardest gear, and our 15, pretty much the whole race. Uh, the only time I really found myself downshifting was going into the last corner because there's we slowed into it because it was under 90 degrees, and then the acceleration out was you wanted a high cadence. So I mean, pretty much. 85% of the course we were in our biggest gears and it's just something that we you know we've dealt with for the past like five years and We kind of get used to it by now, but yeah. Well someday you'll
0: have an 11. Yeah, sure of that <laughs> so,
1: Sweet man. Thanks for your time. Yeah. appreciate it uh yeah, Best of luck you. to you in the
0: rest of the series. Yeah, yeah, congrats Oh, we should do a quick sign-off. Yeah, we should do that. All right, everybody oh, We're gonna change this over uh, sorry about the... So, there's a fire truck right behind fire us. Truck. Uh that was truck. Uh, that was the end of the race. That was uh, Henry Lutz. Uh, like we said, a uh, local talent from uh, Wisconsin. He was uh, nice enough to talk to us on his cooldown lap. So, yeah. pretty cool. So, not only is he a cat, too, but he is also a junior. And So, the juniors are able to race with the pros, but they have to race on lower gears. So, a pro will is able to go faster, and the junior gears can only hit a certain speed where a a normal gearing can go much faster so essentially they've got to generate way more power with a uh, higher cadence yes yeah. spinning their legs super super fast so it's much more difficult for them to stay in on the straightaways than a, a normal person on a normal bike is I actually remember uh, my first race I ever did was a cat 4 race and uh, it was the race with Henry and uh, this was I think he was like 14 or something and uh, he won the race actually and he was like probably 115 pounds soaking wet and I got third behind him and I was so excited because that was my first race and then I looked up and I realized that somebody that was like about half my height and uh half my weight had uh, had beat me but he's a cool kid so super nice that he was able to talk to us all right cool well uh yeah that's that's it for us uh, thanks for listening to our live podcast at the uh uh, Grafton tour of America's Land and uh, stay tuned for more uh, exciting uh, podcasts from Toad. Alright, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.